What up, fam? It's your boy, Andre. Warning, this episode is echoey as fuck because I had to record in a broom closet on base because I couldn't get the barracks to myself. So, my voice sounds like trash, but the cases are good and so is the music. taking a deep breath to start. Welcome back to episode two of Bruh is a Murder. I'm not alone this time like I am usually. Here is my new co-host, Alex Acevedo. He is Puerto Rican. <laughs> I guess it's a good way to introduce me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no better way. And this is the podcast where we talk about true crime that involves people that aren't always white. Because you hear enough of that. And it gets really old and boring. And you just hear about John Benny Ramsey every fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do a deep back stretch. <laughs> My back's killing me for the workout. And all that sushi. <laughs> that sushi was pretty good. So, okay, who's going to start? Me or you? You go first. Actually, no. You're going to go first now. <laughs> awesome. Alright, so my research has been on um, Richard Aguirre and the case of Ruby Doss. So, Richard Aguirre, he's 51, he was in the police force as um, Spokane Police Force for 27 years. And then uh, he caught a sexual assault charge from a person he helped raise, which is weird enough. Uh, yeah, so she didn't give her name in the any papers or in the trials or anything. But so pretty much what happened is she's 20 years old and she decided to go drinking out with Richard and he brought her home and she fell asleep on his bed. Well, she woke up and he was kissing her and touching her in uh, in ways. And then she, Did he raised her. He helped to raise her. Oh, so like yeah. a family friend. Yeah, like family friend. Like everyone has a thing, like street uncle. Yeah, yeah. Like, uncle Tom. Oh, I was going to say Pookie. Oh, but, oh yeah. Pookie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just it's We, we had different lives. <laughs> Everybody got a cousin Pookie. You don't know that. You don't know you got a Pookie. I have an Uncle Tom. I don't have an Uncle Pookie. You don't, you, you got a Pookie. You just don't know Pookie until you know Pookie. All right, let's get, okay, let's get back to it. All right, so, uh, so she swears she heard the ripping of a condom. And she said that she told him to stop. And then at that point, she ran outside and pretended to make a phone call. And then she tried to get someone to come help her, but no one came. So he ended up driving her back to her ex-lover's house, who was watching the kids. Her, her kids? Or her kids. kids. Okay. Yeah. So her ex-lover was watching the kids. Like a baby daddy. Or just a boyfriend that she fucked. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. So uh, she filed charges and they actually went to court and pretty much they spinned it around to where she was drinking, she was intoxicated, uh, she didn't know what was going on because she was in a dark room. The, the ripping of a condom could have been anything. 
And then they try to spin it around and say that it was actually it could be anything like like a condom. <laughs> well, they said it could they said it could have been anything like a bubblegum wrapper or something. Something because open. when you're sexually assaulting someone, the first thing <laughs> you, you need is a big <laughs> league chew. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you what the, they said in the court. Like, oh no, what's the what's so, the, what's the gum for like a rapist? I guess bubblicious. Oh no, no, hubba bubba. Hubba bubba. Okay. That's like you ever eat hubba bubba? It's it's a workout for your jaw. It's like, it started hurting after a while, and I just got to stop. You take a piece, and you get upset. <laughs> you okay, so, um, but they, they said that she was hysterical, and that... As one would be. As, yes, well, it's, first of all, she's getting kissed and touched in inappropriate places while she fell asleep. But I also, waking up. Um, there was proof in the fact that they were actually seeing each other, and the fact that um, she... She claimed rape was because she didn't want her husband to know that they were messing around still, which is which is weird because first of all, why would you claim rape if he didn't know? You know what I mean? I didn't really understand that her her little statement. It didn't make sense. What was her statement? All right, she said. She said when the, recognizing the ripped uh, rip noise of the condom package in the dark room, she told him to stop. She grabbed, the, she grabbed her cell phone saying she needed to call her kids and ran outside the house to call her ex-lover, who was watching the children, for help. Now, nowhere point in this whole thing, this, in the court case, would, did they bring up the, the husband. Like, they were only talking about the ex-lover. Which really confused me when they start talking about the husband because I had no idea that they had a husband until like, like almost the end of what I was reading about the court case. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they said specifically right here in my notes. <laughs> she said, um, "Used to he asked jurors to use your common sense and have a little bit of courage and tell the government no, you're going too far in regards of." This whole situation, you know, it's, um, it's like, what are you, ta- what are you doing? He raped, he's obviously it's trying to rape this he woman. he got off of rape. He gets, he gets off of rape. All right. He gets off on that. Like, he literally, they dropped the charges. Nothing happens. Not surprising. Disappointed, but not surprised. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. That was the worst part. That's not the worst part. So, back to Ruby Doss. So, since, when, since that sexual assault case came up, they found DNA evidence on her and they put it in the system well they used that dna uh to trace it back to a murder in 1986 of ruby doss uh ruby doss so kind of like what ancestry.com in 23andme is doing everybody no not exactly yeah you get put in the system i guess so but like this is for like murder no that's how they caught that one dude uh oh god damn it what was his name another killer he, uh, his, a uh, family member of his did a 23 of me, and then they used that DNA to find that dude who, like, did a murder. Yeah, yeah, no, that's why I don't do 23 of me. I don't want no trials. <laughs> All right. No loose ends. <laughs> oh, man. I got a lot of traffic tickets. <laughs> a lot of traffic tickets. Oh, shit. Um, so, yeah, so he was, uh, arrested for first-degree murder and the strangulation of the death of 27-year-old Ruby Doss, who was... Thought to be a prostitute, which she was a prostitute, not thought to be a prostitute. Uh, she was found dead laying in a field on January 30th, 1986, 
It was apparently around like two in the morning. I searched a lot of places. They certain things have different ones, but the most common denominator is two two o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's a, that sounds like a Todd assessment area, right? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Her her nickname was Memphis, but she was supposedly from Detroit. That's confusing. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I mean, but hey, make that fucking money. <laughs> you get you, Lulu. Uh, but uh, but of course he was like a sex worker because like yeah, people don't respect or care about sex workers. Well, what happened was sort of like the less dead. She had like a fur coat and her heels. Well, they were like spread out. So she was suited and booted. She was, but her stuff was like spread it out. So it looked like there was a struggle, and like she tried to run away. That's good. That's one word. Yeah. Yeah. Assaulted. No. Um. <laughs> as, as one would. One ought to. So when he was placed under the investigation for the recent alleged sex assault, that's when they, they figured everything out. But here is the crazy part. He gets arrested for that. When they go to court, this guy, he immediately pleads non-guilty, which makes sense. Uh, yeah, if you, gonna, want, if you don't want to get convicted for a murder, uh, exactly. you plead not guilty. As one would. <laughs> now, they went to his house and found a bunch of shit. Like, there's a bunch of, like, sexual stuff. Um, not underage stuff. I was surprised by that. Uh, but they found a lot of, like, sexual things, little videos of the different girls, like, just walking down the street and stuff. It was really weird. Like, Oh, like some voyeur shit. Yeah, I was like, oh, I was like, whoa. When I was reading, I was that's like, that's like, actually an important hub always creeps me out. Oh, Jesus. Because, like, who's taking these videos? <laughs> More important, who's watching them? Big Brother, Skynet, <laughs> Donald Trump, <laughs> Donald Trump. Um. Oh, so this is where it gets really shitty. Um. So there was also three other people that were murdered around the same time Ruby Doss was. Mm-hmm. Now, the only diff- there's your notes are really thorough. Well, there's a lot of it. Yeah, he's a fucking piece of shit. So, <laughs> so he did a lot of things, but this was. This like really um got to me. There was three different murders that were all bad, all the same. They're all the same. So you got Mary Ann Turner, who was thirty, and you have. <laughs> did you mark the numbers on top of the in a corner? They knew what order you're. That's really yes, cute. <laughs> I did. So and also Kathleen Dehart, she was thirty-seven. Now, uh, um, Mary was str- uh, strangled with a scarf and sweater. On November fourth, nineteen eighty six, uh, they said that would take five to ten minutes to die that way. Oh yeah, strangulation. You know, that, it's not like in a movie. You don't get choked for thirty seconds and die. It's it's a while. It's, it's a while. Yeah, that's and then um, she was also it's a real personal crime. <laughs> she was also uh, sexually assaulted, and then Turner. She also had uh, dirt under her fingernails. So they they say that she was fighting, trying to get away, probably clawing at the dirt or something. As one would. As one would. As one ought to. <laughs> um, and then for Kathleen Dehart, I found two different stories, which um, I really tried to look all over the place. Mm-hmm. I just kept finding different, uh, two different stories. Uh, one of the stories that I found to be true was she was pulled into an alley, and like they. Apparently, like they found her without any clothes on, and she was sexually assaulted, like, beat yeah, up, it, and yeah. struggled. I feel like in every city, at least at least five hours you'll find a corpse. Now, see, I, I see what you're doing here, but like, th- it was the same way each time. 
And like, there's no way to connect them. Yeah, but there's a pattern, obviously. There's a pattern, obviously, but there's no way to connect them, which is why they they never disclosed him as their killers, except for Ruby Dogs. Okay. So they couldn't connect them to the other ones. Right. With any solid evidence. Right. So, um, so when he actually went to court, what happened was, is they, the Spokane police said that the aftermath of Aguirre's uh, arrest, that his DNA was being considered in several other unsolved homicides. Doss was the first of at least five Spokane women strangled between January 1986 and August 1987 in Spokane's infamous infamous Skid Row. But here's where it gets interesting. But something after the condom was tested, which was found at Ruby Doss's, uh, at, at the Ruby Doss's, oh no, sorry, apologies, not Ruby Doss's, at the... You said infamous. I just oh, infamous, that. infamous. I apologize. Infamous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant um, the condom that was found for the sexual assault. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get at here. Was tested for DNA uh, from the thing in 1986. Oh, I apologize. What am I doing? No, the condom was found at Ruby Dawson's murder. I was right. My, note, my notes are all over the place. I apologize. So the, the condom was found at Ruby Dawson's murder was tested for DNA in 1986 at the Washington State Patrol Crime Laboratory. And again, when it was retested in 1989 at a lab in New York, it went missing according to court documents. So that, that piece of evidence, just quotation marks, went missing, like, come on. And in a, in a pre-trial motion filed October 9th, the defense lists a lab worker in New York who was expected to testify that she, quotation marks, must have disposed of condom, quotation marks, sometime after 1989 and toward the evidence was returned to Spokane Police Department in 2001. The court, uh, the court records show. So Brown was his lawyer for this whole thing, mm-hmm. which is really weird because he had the lawyer, same lawyer as the serial killer of Ted Bundy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, you're doing something wrong. You definitely did something wrong. Or he knows, his, he knows his lane. I guess, I guess you're right. He probably has his one gimmick. <laughs> I imagine, I mean, he, you know he had to ride that Ted Bundy way for a while. Mm, he had to coast on that. Well, yeah, it's like, I was a lawyer of Ted Bundy. Like, oh, so you're kind of a piece of shit in a way. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Well, this is not I had lawyer. to defend him. <laughs> This is not, you know, OJ's lawyer. Well, no, he, he, he made some money. He did his job. He did his job. He really did his job. He, 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 <laughs> he, he pulled job. some shit out of his head. Wait, do, wait, are you allowed to say that? Because didn't he, like, you're supposed to be a she now. So you're supposed to say she. Caitlyn Jenner was not <laughs> OJ Simpson. <laughs> wait, no. I thought that was him. Rob Kardashian was OJ Simpson's lawyer. Oh, man, I don't know that up. He died. Oh, and God. Chris Jenner remarried. <laughs> Well, now I feel like a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you would say she. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> My bad. Caitlyn Jenner used to run in the Olympics. I don't she know this stuff. Though. Why? I don't keep like, up with the Kardashians. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, so in your head... Was she a lawyer first, and then a gold medal Olympian, and then married Chris Jenner? Well, I mean, technically, that'd be pretty fucking awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> she did everything. Like, there you go. The life. <laughs> okay, we'll get, let's get back to this. Okay, back to the serious matter of Ruby Doss. 
So, <laughs> so, not funny. Okay. So, uh, Brown said somehow the condom in this case just disappeared, adding that he believed the police detective worker, uh, wor- they're working the case, was the last person to handle the evidence, which I believe that someone just got rid of it, like, between 1989 and 2001, maybe she didn't book the, uh, the condom, like, as a, a piece of evidence, and it just went unnoticed and went away. Okay. I mean... That could obviously Yeah, happen. it could obviously happen, but it's still pretty messed up. Uh, also, on top of that, this man... This man walked free. He walked free Again, of everything. Disappointed, but not surprised. So, this is what the latest thing I have read. It's from December of 7, 2017. Yeah, murder charges have been dropped against a former Pasco police uh, policeman, Richard Aguari, accused of strangling a prostitute 31 years ago. Uh, so, basically what happened was, is someone filled out all the uh, warrants wrong. So, most of the evidence they collected, they couldn't use. So, they had basically nothing. They were just like, they, they had something of DNA, but then it was just like, not there. They couldn't use it. Oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, oh. so um, the deputy prosecutor, John Disroll, said in his one-page motion that recent DNA results raise sophistication. Uh, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> through it. I'm not reading the word for you. You're going to read the word Yeah, it is. Significant. Yes, it is. The word you pointed at? <laughs> that is fucking significant. Yes, it is. It's not. Yes, it is. Sufficient. Oh, sh- sufficient. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No one's going to listen to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a terrible first run. All right. <laughs> you, did, you did a good stab at it. Jesus Christ. All right. Um. Uh, so pretty much, it was just, just, just terrible, like all over. Like the court system was not working well. The police people weren't working well. All the, it's just they were just like, you know what? You worked twenty seven years and, and whatever. Also, they tried to say that he was supposed to go to Korea because he was in the military. He was yeah. supposed to go to Korea between the time of Ridley Doss's murder, but they only had orders. They didn't have his every, exact... That's why every serial killer is always either in the military or a police officer. Well, you see that new thing when uh, California, dude goes, former Marine goes in with oh. a loaded, with an extended mag, shoots 12 yeah, people dead, and leaves dozens fucking injured. But, yeah, that's... I mean, hey, when is there not a shooting in America? I don't know, man. It's just always back to back. And at that point, we're going to take a break.
tryna get my feelings on this shit higher uh, Do another line if I get tired She a real bad bitch, call her spit fire When you wiggle all that shit, make me spit fire When well, I didn't put these bitches on my fucking rider Oh well, oh shit, I'm a fucking liar I'm talking on this shit and I'ma get So that a copy laughed at her grandmother on the phone. He did get reprimanded, but you know, he got like desk duty. So typical for white cops. Delise Kelly was found in Dallas in the Dallas neighborhood, beaten, strangled, you know, cut up, stabbed in March twenty fourteen. And this was a week after her grandma called the police saying that, hey, you know, I was so for my granddaughter, heard a bunch of shit, something's going down, can y'all go yeah, you know, do something. Go find her. I can't get. I can't back in touch with her. And to this day, this is still unsolved. Nothing's come up of it. And the thing about the case is, it raises a lot of doubt in how police handle cases that happen like immediately. Like if you go missing right now, and I say pick up the phone and say, "Hey, friend's missing. Go do something." And they don't do anything because you know they have to wait. Yeah, even though, hours. Yeah, but even if I'm like 100 percent positive that something just happened. Oh, yeah, okay, I understand. Yeah. So. Pretty fucked up. Yeah. So, no word from Dilly's Kelly after the moment, you know, her grandma heard something on the phone. Her grandma called 911. She said to the operator, she didn't hear Dilly's in the background, like screaming for her life, getting heat and beat. And, you know. Heat and beat. I understand. I said heat. You said heat. Beat the heat. (laughs) He's getting beaten (laughs) and hit. Stop fighting. Oh, and she knew at that point something was up. Uh, the dispatcher plugged the phone, like he transferred the call to the police sergeant, 
and that police sergeant could be heard on the channel laughing and was obviously not a, did not appear to be concerned at all. So they brought that up later, and he was reprimanded for ignoring the family's like initial call and reprimanded, quote unquote, because they really came up with it. Now, Julius Kelly has a son, okay. and her sister said that she would never leave her son alone because okay. they had like a close ass shit bond. Like she would never just go off anywhere with our son. She would never just disappear by herself willingly. Is what they're trying to say. Okay. So, uh, 48 hours after Julius Kelly's mother, the grandmother made the call to 911, a missing person's case was launched, because, you know, that's usually the wait time, 48 hours. And they did, well, recently, release a video of where she was last seen when she was at a gas station, and you can see her get into the car with somebody, and then drive off, and then later, found dead. So they're assuming whoever that was driving is the one who did it, but they still haven't figured out who was driving. They determined that after she was seen at the gas station, 33 minutes later, she was, you know, fighting for her life and was killed. This seems super familiar to the first one we did. Do you know what I'm talking about? The first one we, we did? First episode? Completely different. Uh, that was about a man we, who was killed by a politician. No, you also did something on a girl that was, uh, was driving... With or was with someone, her her someone was on the phone with her, and she could hear her being beat in the background. This is the case. This is that case. I told you about that one. Wow. I was briefing you. <laughs> I could have sworn. No. I was, oh wow. Was, we did that over text. I was telling you what I was doing. Oh yeah. So I did read it. Oh you, wow. Yeah, you know, you just read the case. See, look, I pay attention though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so anyway, they could hear her on the phone saying like. Stop, stop, hurting me. And then a man telling her, like, shut up and muffle your voice. And, well, after the 48 hours, the active missing person case was underway. And it was a week before they found her body. Her body was discovered on her front porch of an abandoned house in Oak Cliff, Dallas. Oh, shit. And they said she was cut up, beaten badly with a bruised jaw. Uh, her jaw was actually crushed too. She had crushed hands and had gashes all over her face. So it was obviously like a bloody struggle and a real personal attack. Like it wasn't like someone just randomly picked her up, stabbed her. Like the, to beat someone's face in where they crushed their jaw and like cut up their face, that's a personal. Like you. Oh, yeah. You, hate have, to, that you have to be like, no more. <laughs> like, no more. <laughs> no more. <laughs> Stop breathing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you just want that person to not be no lives no more. <laughs> what if he dies? And after, you know, those images were released, they, like, traumatized the family, obviously. And, uh, this isn't the first time Dallas had, like, fucked up incidents with the police. What was Dallas? Yeah, like, recently, where that cop walked into a man's house, apartment, and shot him because she thought that was her apartment. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Um, But there's also a case, like, years ago, with about two kids... Uh, I have a name here. It's like Santos Santos Rodriguez and his brother. Uh, the cops got a call about a vending machine they got robbed for eight dollars, and the cops took these two kids out there to interrogate them. And he emptied one of his guns and scared the kid, was like firing at him. 
And then the second at time. At him? Yeah, like at him. Like, oh my god, what? Trying to scare him into confessing for stealing $8 out of vending machine. And then the second round, shot and killed him. So that was a bad track record <laughs> with dealing with people in cases like this. Stay out of Dallas. Sit. Stay out of Dallas. <laughs> Did you ever see that SpongeBob episode? Stay out of Texas. Dang. After this recent voting <laughs> 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 <Yeah>, Texas. <laughs> so, Phyllis's family accused the Dallas Police Department of botching the investigation from the jump and her disappearance completely. Is that Beverly playing? Yeah. Is it like the 10 now, too? Yeah, 10. We're on the Army base. <laughs> All right. They uh, After this appearance, they filed a lawsuit. And that lawsuit basically summed up what everyone was saying that they botched the investigation. If it would have jumped right on immediately when the first call happened, she could still be alive. Uh, the family argued Dallas police should have been more aggressive with the call from the jump. And it was clear that something was up, something was amiss. And if they, like the one officer laughed, if he wasn't that concerned, at least he could have did with show some kind of like. Respect and courtesy at his job. Yeah. Dealing with someone who may have just been attacked. Well, first of all, how fucked up is that? Just laughing. Just like, ah. Laughing <laughs> to the point where everyone else on your channel heard you and was like, hey, that's not cool. <laughs> if you got other Dallas cops saying that's not cool, dude, you're doing so something wrong. At least <laughs> hit mute. <laughs> you could at least hit mute, have yourself a laugh to yourself, and then came back at him. Oh they're they're going to file, like, a uh, thing, right? Like, yeah, they filed a lawsuit, okay. and the suit said that they didn't immediately dispatch anybody, which led to her, you know, dying. Because she could have been, she could have possibly been safe within that time period. Right. Uh, but that police officer, like I said, was suspended for mishandling the call. And uh, they brought that up in their case. And within that time period after that, they did set up a thing called Kelly's Alert, the family. Okay. It's similar to Amber Alert, you know, for children, and Sober Alert for seniors. It will be used for adults who are known to be in immediate danger. Like, should, go missing right away. To be honest, why was why is that why is that something was not in fact reported? Because a lot of times people just you know go missing and someone knows. I mean, hey Jimmy, I'm going bro pack of cigarettes. Then you never come back. Never come back. Message. Call my father. <laughs> <laughs> The suit comes as Dallas police seek to recover from multiple issues involving their uh, 911 call system. Her death was among those that helped spark an overhaul on how police handle emergency calls and domestic violence cases. So a lot of times they botched those too. But Kelly's family suits alleged that those fixes weren't in place when Kelly died. So those they didn't help her at all. Ready to go. So citing past issues, the suit says that this is in. This is indicative of the disregard from which police view domestic violence cases, especially those against women and racial minorities. Which, true, 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 I don't see a motherfucking lie there. Nope, not me. But after all this came out, Dallas police, instead of just owning up to their fuck up and saying, hey, hey, we'll do better, they released the timeline of what the officers did after the 911 call, you know, to combat. The negativity that they were getting. Because, you know, they felt attacked in the scenario. They, they felt attacked in the situation. Oh, yeah, that's fair. No, that's fair. no, no, that's fair. Someone right. died and no, they felt yeah. attacked. Oh, yeah. So I'm gonna, I'll just highlight some points of the timeline. And this happened over the span of like several days. So Friday, it started Friday, March 7th, 2014. 4 30, 
the the complaint was last seen by the grandmom at the local location and were, she was reported to be going to her best friend's wake. Uh, the complaint at six oh five, the complainant's sister received a phone call from the complainant and she can hear she can hear a disturbance in the background, fighting, ruffling. After that, the complainant grandma called to see what's up. She still heard the scuffle and everything like that. And then they got a text message saying that, oh, I'll call you back. That's when Kelly's grandma called 911. The initial 911 officer, well, not officer, the like, dispatcher, yeah, dispatcher, picked up the phone, heard it, and then forwarded it to the police sergeant, who laughed and really gave a bullshit answer. <laughs> After that, that rest of the day, they basically just uh, tried to get the phone location from the cell phone provider. Okay. Cell phone provider said no. We need. We can't just. We need some more shit before you can request that. So it's all back and forth, and they wind up not getting anything. So they can't okay. locate the phone. Saturday, the sister calls back to the you know police mm-hmm. department to follow up. They said, hey, we want to open up a want to locate report. Okay. Which is different from like a missing person thing. Okay. It's basically like, hey, can you go check up on this person to make sure they're fine? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. It's like for I think a Jersey, what's it called? Like a uh, I don't know. I can't feel it. I, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? no, I understand it's, what you're talking about. It's just like on top of my tongue. I can't think of the name of it either. <clears throat> but and then so they put that out to want to locate. And the complainant boyfriend later that day was also notified. Also notified the detective of. So later that day, Willie Kelly's boyfriend contacted the detective and the missing persons regarding like he wanted to put his information out there. Mm, sure, he did. No, he did. He wanted he put his information out there because like, hey, I know first thing you're gonna look at is your boyfriend. I had nothing to do with this. I have no idea where she at. So he tried to open a case okay. himself. That Sunday, a one to locate case was officially opened up by the detective. But lost the editing. That Sunday, a case for false editing. I missed that, man. <laughs> that Sunday, a one to locate case was opened up in the youth operations slash missing persons unit of Dallas Police okay. Department. Yeah. Uh, they contacted the, you know, Billy Clark's family, went back and forth. They tried to get as much information as they could. No leads were made. Uh, an endangered persons bulletin was also created and sent to patrol via mobile computer. Detective okay. received call logs from the complainant's phone, and they got no new information. Uh, they also went to the boyfriend's house to investigate him and interrogate him. Nothing else came from that because he was on a straight and narrow. Did they, they know where he was? They they probably do, but that wasn't really his job. Okay. But he, as of now, he's played. 2718, forgot what year it was. <laughs> it's been a long year. Uh, he's cleared. Okay. okay. But in that same in that same day, detectives also called medical advisors' office and like local hospitals, trying to find out that hey, is it a Jane Doe show up? Nothing came up from that. Okay. Following Monday, detectives went around the neighborhood, you know, canvassing the area, asking people, witnesses, like, hey, do you see her? We just see her, blah, blah, blah. 
the loans were made. They did a, a press release via social media asking the public for help. Nothing came up. They asked for medical examiners. Nothing came up. A press conference was held asking for information regarding the uh, there was Kelly miss like her being missing. Mm -hmm. uh, the family was interviewed again, and nothing came up. They interviewed more friends. Nothing came up. And then the the Richard's son in Plano Fire Police Department was contacted, and nothing came out of them. Mm -hmm. Maybe that was just like a last minute thing. That was just like, hey, maybe. Maybe you might. Look, I'm gonna just throw this out there. Yeah, I'm gonna maybe. throw a net out. And then, I feel like I feel like they were throwing a wide net. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this net out here. Whatever Let's see what comes up. And yeah. nothing came up. Uh, that Wednesday, a subpoena was finally obtained, so they can go officially go through a call log and like scrub that shit clean. And uh, several tips from citizens also came up about seeing her around like Market Street Drive and Oakland Ave. Then an anonymous call came in receiving that they seen her between 5.30 and 6 at the shopping safe store at the corner of Sunville Road. Mm -hmm. Next day, they were notified, well, the youth operations and missing person was notified that a body was located. And the tenants went to that location. It matched up. It was, it was Kelly. And it's kind of where it ends. <laughs> there was nothing found on her. Whoever, whoever killed her, they didn't leave anything behind. And if they did, the, the police hadn't released it yet. So I feel like they would release something. Right. Would it makes sense. And uh, the department, their administrative said, okay, you put your hand up. Now, I, I understand that like, at first they didn't do their job, right? At first they didn't do their job, which is why this is happening. Like, if they knew whatever they did faster, like, maybe she'd still be alive, or maybe they would have caught him, or yeah. her, whoever did it. Uh, but after the fact, they really did do their job. You know, they, I, but maybe it was they jumped on their own ass. They, they jumped on horse a little too late. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 what that's what the family says, too. Right. It's like, if you would have just... You just did it from the start. From the start, when I first called you, you either would have found them faster, found some clues faster, maybe someone knew something who, who, who's more willing to come forth. Or she wouldn't have been dead at all. Exactly. Because, like, you hear someone getting attacked on the phone. Hey, police, my friend or whatever is getting attacked right now. Can you go save them? And then he's laughing at you on the phone. And then you wind up dead. Hey, that's what you need tile for, you know what I'm saying? You need tile? Tile. You know, you know tile? You can put it, it's like a little thing you can put on oh, the kitchen oh. or something. You can fucking GPS track that bitch. I thought that was for, like, equipment. You can do it for furniture. Okay. Or buy my iPhone. Buy my iPhone. If you have an iPhone. Did you know? You don't have an iPhone. I don't mean to get off track, but did you know for certain cases? Do it anyway. <laughs> for certain cases, they they use um the fire like the Snapchat, the um Snap Map. The Snap Map. The yeah. Go look at the Snap Map, and if your Bitmoji's up, don't fucking don't come where your phone is. Oh, that's how I like. I <laughs> <laughs> like slogging. Stalkers. <laughs> I feel like it's like an easy way to get stalked by somebody. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like if you're trying to avoid and you're just like, oh yeah, I know you're at home right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm at work. No, you're not. No, you're not. See it. Your your video is just flying a plane at your house right now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Jeez. I digress. Well, you digress. Though. I digress. As you were. So the department, they no. The department initiated an administrative investigation on March 7, 2014, 
the 911 call relating to the complaint of disappearance, or about the 911 call relating to the disappearance. Uh, the homicide investigation is still going on, and the, the police department said that they're utilizing every resource to bring the perpetrator of the crime to justice. But still, then what? Five years? Yeah, it's been a while, man. And nothing's come up? Then they put out, they said, anyone who has any information about the case, contact the Dallas Police Department of the Homicide Unit. Or you can submit it online, apparently, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But at this point, if the cold case is running that long, it's probably not going to get solved. Yeah, no, I mean, there's always these cases that are being solved. There's some cases that are being solved, cold cases. But I think you're thinking of the show Cold Case, which I do love that show. Is it still on TV? But that's not what I'm thinking of. There are some. Not not too many. I know it's those not, not like It's like maybe like one or three a year or something. Something like that. It's a weird number. It's not big. Some do get sold. And how many of those people are people of color? Probably none. <laughs> Probably slim. Slim. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you have more. I do. I only have a little thing I want to do real quick. So, even though Ruby Doss's murder was in 1986, there's still been people that probably been strangled around that area. But if you have any information on Richard Aguari, you can contact the Spokane Police Department at 509-622-5846. They're still looking for information to pretty much put this guy in Away. jail. Like, they and believe we'll he's put, a serial killer. They really do. We'll put both those numbers and information in the show notes, yeah. too. Because you, <laughs> I don't know why. I know. If you if you see something, say something. Exactly. Maybe you gotta save some lives. Save some lives. If I'm model for twenty, if the rest of twenty eighteen, if you see something, say something. Like if you see a Nazi, call him a Nazi. <laughs> if you see a Nazi, call him a Nazi. I love, I love that. You know. You want to take that chance to punch him in the face? Go for it. Just make sure your your wrist is tight. <laughs> you get a good. You don't want to break your wrist punching a Nazi. <laughs> because racism makes your jaw tight. <laughs> Prove it a fact. Oh my god, super proven. Wait, so, so wait. <laughs> is this pertaining to anything? No. Or you're just trying to show me a meme. You can wait, show wait. me a meme later. Wait, no, wait. I'd rather wrap up. And right. <laughs> <laughs> this has been episode two of Bruh is a Murder. I am Andre Matthews. And I'm Alex Acevedo. You can follow us on Twitter at bruh is a br- it's <laughs> I messed it up typing in so it's brush brush is a murder <laughs> but you can follow us on Facebook at bruh is a murder Instagram bruh is a murder and we are finally on Twitter this will be your bi weekly podcast because you know your boy got shit to do <laughs> bruh is a murder. And we'll see you next time. Stay safe out there. Like, review, because we can only get better. (laughs) (laughs) Especially me. (laughs) (laughs) It's up from here. (laughs) So long, farewell. Have a good one.